Hey, Mike, sometimes it's just nice to just stop and smell the roses. Or should I say stop and smell the wood, because this is going to be our woodworking show. If you like to stop and smell wood, Rick, you're going to love tulip wood. So I thought it was called that just because of the beautiful striation of the grain and its two colors and it's really pretty. Mm. No. The first time I cut tulip wood, oh my God, Rick, sometime you're coming over to my garage. We're cutting some tulip wood. It is going to blow your mind. Oh my goodness. It is like you. So anyway, stop and smell the wood. (laughs) All right, let's do this. We're hanging. Shameless plug, this episode is dedicated to Mike Page Studios. My friend Mike across the table from me is going all in on his art endeavors. If you want to find him online, check him out at Instagram, at Mike Page Studios. That's Page with an I. Small Town Scuttlebots. Hey, what's up, my scuttlebuds? It's your buddy, Rick Fink, across the table from Mike Page. We're hanging out in the northeast corner of my basement for another installment of the only podcast in the world called Small Town Scuttlebutts. We're going to be talking about wood, working with wood, stuff you can do with it, things you can turn it into. Wood is it actually, like, it's a remarkable material. It really is. You can manipulate that stuff and... Wood is not, like, that is, like, the blanket label for the stuff that comes from trees. Not all wood's the same. Oh, yeah. No, if you get hit with a piece of ironwood, her ipe, versus mm. getting hit with a piece of pine, you'll know the difference. <laughs> you know what? Ipe wood will last a lot longer than that pine, by the way. Oh, yeah. that's It's got, so, and same with ironwood. They both, ipe and ironwood have such dense uh, grain patterns to them. That yeah. it's like, I mean, it's the most dense, solid wood you're going to find. I, and I it's would, heavy. I would put mahogany also in, yeah, that, in yeah. that category, right? Folks, if we're losing you already, just hang with us. Because I think a lot of people are going to benefit from this show. And we hope to inspire because Mike and I both like to work with the wood. I'm an amateur homeowner, tinkerer of wood. I build some projects from time to time, like this podcast studio. I'm... But Mike is the is the artist. He actually builds art with wood. So we come from two different perspectives. I'm really going to talk to Mike about his craft because he is embarking on a new venture called Mike Page Studios. It's always been around, but it's been a side hustle. Now he's going all in. He left. Yeah, now his, it's my front hustle, dude. You left your day job. You're yeah. You threw in all your chips into this. Yep. So let's talk about this stuff. You know what got me going on this topic is. Um, I have built a couple things. I did a couple projects in town over the last couple months. I built one of those little libraries mm-hmm. uh, you see around town. Um, I also built um, a doghouse and raffled it for the food pantry. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, now people are identifying Rick Fink as somebody who's a builder, which is uh, it's an overstatement. I consider myself a basement or garage-grade builder. Mm. Meaning- That's a good... That's a good um- like a fair grade that you're giving yourself and kudos for being like, this is where I'm at. Yeah. Uh, I can cut 90 and 45 degree angles. Yeah. You want me to get a little craftier? Okay. It's going to take a lot longer than the average 
That's the thing. I can I can I can arrive to the same place, but it's going to take me three times longer. You know, they say measure twice, cut once. Yes. I measure fifteen times and cut three times. Yeah. <laughs> like no matter what, I'm like, how did I mess that up? Yeah. Whoopsie. My God. But I do love working with wood because it keeps your brain sharp. You're yeah. just constantly thinking. Just like, what can I do? There's so many different ways to get to that finish line. Yes, and I was going to say, sometimes even when things are very well planned out, you're still going to, as you're doing it, you'll say, ah, I should have, hang on, backtrack a little bit. I should have approached it this way Mm -hmm. because, you know, whether it's that the grains are going to line up better or you're going to have bookend pieces, whatever it is, if you didn't do that initially and you realize it partway through, you're like, ah, Mike, what a missed opportunity. You're talking about getting the grain to be flush and things like that. Yeah. I'm at the point where it's like if I have, let's say, six two by fours, right? Mm-hmm. They come standard eight feet long. Yeah. I got to make a bunch of cuts. It takes me some time just to think about how am I going to cut these so I'm not stuck with two three footers when I need one four oh, footer. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And there's always a way to do that. <laughs> Wait, you're worried that you're going to get what? Three? It's just an example. I'm just okay. spitballing here. Like, let's say I have a finite number of eight-foot-long two-by-fours, mm-hmm. right? So I have 24 linear feet of two-by-four, right. but I need, you know. But it needs to be the right 24 I've, linear feet. It's a puzzle. It's like, it is in here, Yep. but if you cut it wrong, like you need some three-foot pieces, you need a couple five-foot pieces, you need a six-foot piece, Yep. you know. Um, and if you get it right, you feel amazing. If you get it wrong, you're going back to the lumber. Oh, you know what I do? I've screwed up enough times to just buy a couple extras. Yeah. And then I just put the extras. Well, and if it's something like a two by four, you just find a spot in the garage for it. I, I hang it in my shed and I like to have some stock. Yeah. You know, for that impromptu thing or the kids want to build something. Yeah, right. I don't want to have to go out to Home Depot or whatever and start from scratch. It's nice to have some stock. We, we tinker in the garage where I, I set up the workshop. Yeah. But I've been getting these uh, text messages from my, you know, I've said in the past, a lot of my friends are, are women, right? So they um, identify the fact that I can build stuff. And then I've been getting these text messages. Like, here's one. Hey, who won the Snoopy doghouse raffle? I wrote, I don't know, a mom in Walpole. I forget her name. Cool. Can you make a bigger one for me? Much bigger. And then she sends me a picture of her dog. What kind of dog is that? That is a Newfoundland. A Newfoundland, yeah. So she's not asking me. See, I like how she tries to sell me on I'm making her a doghouse. No, I'm making you a small shed. That mm. thing is huge. That's a 200-pounder, yeah, right? Yeah, that is a big dog. Yeah, so that thing, uh, this thing is going to have to have some load-bearing walls on it, and it's more than just a little doghouse. Further continues, she's also an artist. She says, oh, and can you make me a bunch of frames too? So then I asked, well, don't you have a husband? And he's like, he doesn't have time. And you know me, I'm just sitting around doing nothing. Right. Now, uh, what kind of frames are we talking? Like super basic, flat, flush frames? You know what I like to do for my photography? I like to do a uh, floating frame. That's mm-hmm. the style I like. Are you familiar with that? Yeah. For the scuttlebuds, a floating frame would be, you've got your canvas, right? So maybe it's about an inch, inch and a half deep. You know, that canvas stretched across the frame. Think of that floating within a frame itself that's bordering around it. So there's going to be like a half inch space between the wood frame 
and the actual artwork inside of it. And then with hardware, you just mount it to the back of that thing. And I always think that looks pretty nice. I like to paint it black or keep it natural. Of course, maple is my favorite mm. wood to work with in this situation because it's uh, the least manipulated in uh, volatile conditions. It's a good, resilient wood. Is that what you'd say? Good, yeah. resilient. Yeah. So that's what I do there. I got this other text. This one's funny, okay? This is where I'm a jerk. Hey, do you know about the fairy house thing? You and Rosie should make one. She wants me to build a fairy house with Rosie for some program. Okay. So here, here is what I wrote. Building fairy houses is why women are behind in equity in the world. We build real shit like a lemonade stand that provides opportunities to make money. <laughs> She's like, this is for a fundraiser. Like, make a lemonade stand. Building fairy houses... Don't encourage them to do that. They're going to be stepping onto Rosie's turf. That's true, and she's crushing it. Yeah. But what do you think she's of that? Already cornering what the do you market. think of my response? You think that was fair? I think it's fair in the sense that you're saying because I I do feel like Rosie is that kid it, where it's like she doesn't have time for that because she's she's already gunning for the the big fish. Yeah, and why? Because she's got a dad who's shown her how to get it done. We built her. Uh, I'm going to argue she right. also has a mom that knows how to get it done. I love to see it in action. You can't get mad at a kid who wakes you up on a Saturday morning at 6 a.m. banging a hammer against a crowbar, plying apart boards from a pallet. Mm. Like the day before, With I was. eye protection, of course. Eye protection and her pink gloves that she wanted to buy. Yeah. So, yeah, she, I come downstairs, clank, clank, clank. I'm like, hey, hon, it's 6 a.m. Daddy, I got six boards pulled off this thing. I'm like, all right. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, you're eight years old. You're left alone with a hammer and a crowbar. I've had half a cup of coffee. <laughs> Everyone should have a toolbox, yes? Yeah. A tool shed. Awesome. Whatever you got. Pipe dream. Yeah. What should be in your toolbox? What are some essentials? I like this. Beyond the hammer, the Phillips head, the yeah, flathead, yeah. no, no, no. the ratchet set. Like, I, too, would like to maybe build a doghouse, or I would like to build a um, mailbox post and make it uniquely mine and have that pride of ownership, and I built that. You 100% need a tape measure, and you 100% need a square. If you don't have those two things, you're not doing anything. Wait, a square? Yeah. Oh, that's probably half my problem. No, okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go over the essentials. Yeah. Okay, so besides... Your workspace, your pencil, your uh, tape measure, your square. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Into the tool draft. Yes. I like this. Tool draft. First tool. Is, that, is this the manliest episode we've ever done, Rick? Hey, my daughter is, is going to be listening. She's what, like, we need this. Yeah. What is the first tool that you're taking off the board in the, in the tool draft of 2022? That's a great question. I get to go first. I got the first draft pick. Yeah. Okay. I Rick Fink is on the board. I'm despite almost taking three fingers off of my left hand, I am going with a circular saw. Really? Yes. Your number one tool is a circular saw. Well, you saw. if you're gonna you you need something to cut with. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. And I would okay, so then I'll stick in the ballpark of where you're at right now but I'm going to take a jigsaw so that I can also cut some sharp turns. If there's demo involved, I'm getting a Sawzall. Those things are fun. Those things are fun because demo is fun. But when you get it, like when it catches funny and it kicks back on you, sometimes <laughs> you look like a real idiot. <laughs> yeah. And it's no like you look cool, 
until that happens. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As, as soon as it catches you funny, you're just like, okay, turn this thing off for a second and let's regroup. Yeah. Rick Fink is on the clock. I'm going to go with the router. Are we going plunge router? Are we going table router? Well, you know what? I have the combo. I got the, oh, okay. the fl- yeah, you sure. can under, undermount, mm-hmm. but it's also a plunge router. Yeah. You can get those. Yep. The Waltz makes a good one. Yep. Problem is, I'm not that good at it. Yeah. If you go the wrong way, if you push the wood the wrong way on it, it just goes. Yep. <laughs> you can rock. You can launch a piece of wood about five thousand miles an hour that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like we've been talking about with a number of these things, mm-hmm. everything's cool until it's not, and then you go. <laughs> ah! Mike Page is on the clock. Okay, I'm gonna have to go with. I already own this piece of equipment, but it's it's pretty much my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. It's the Jet 12 inch. Dual sliding compound miter saw. It's awesome. I've seen this thing. It, it, it does what you need it to do. It's fantastic. The lock is very tight. It, it like you can cut such perfect angles with it, and I love this thing. That thing bevels this way and that. It tilts. It does. Yeah. Well, it's a dual sliding compound miter saw. Okay, so that's it a lot. Does it all? That so is. you can cut two angles at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, a compound cut. Uh, and then it also, because it slides back and forth, you can cut a wider chunk of wood with it. Yeah, cool. That's a good pick, Michael. Thank you. Rick Fink Jr. is on the clock. I am going with another super dangerous tool, and this one's wicked loud. It's your planer. Mm. We hired a guy. We were leaving for the weekend. I asked him to put a coating on our mahogany deck in the backyard. Okay? Now, mahogany... It's a beautiful, rich color wood with beautiful grain. You want to put like an arbor coat over it. There is a seat reserved in hell for he who paints a mahogany deck. Yeah. Because at that point, why did you get mahogany? The guy who we hired got a semi-solid mahogany colored stain. Nope. I was like, "This this is an atrocity. I dismantled my entire deck it has a cascading staircase you know three mm-hmm. three steps you know, wait wait wait! you didn't call the guy back you've done enough your work is done <laughs> you're not coming back yeah right, right you know after a whole year of trying to live with it i bought a planer and then i disassembled the entire decking from the substructure stacked it up numbered them labeled them everything right and then i ran each piece through a planer and mm-hmm. then finished it off with a belt sander it took me a month. I'm sure that's a project. But I like the passive aggressive Clark Griswold attitude there <laughs> of this totally. is I've had it, mm-hmm. and this is happening, and I'm just going to do it myself. Yeah. I like that. Mike Page is on the board. I recently was gifted this. It is an old lathe and a whole bunch of chisels for it. And I cannot wait to set this thing up. It's a jet, so it is quality. If you've got jet equipment you know it's gonna work um and i cannot wait but i haven't gotten around to now, it. what are you gonna make you're gonna make some spindles for my staircase you're well gonna make i'm some going legs? to make some spindle ornaments i don't know if you've ever seen oh, yeah. christmas ornaments that are like yes three four inches long and they're they uh sometimes you'll see them with um like dried out dead sea urchin bodies mm-hmm. uh minus all the spikes on them so it's that little like pin cushion kind of thing yep and then with a with a small drop spindle on it, they're awesome, and they they look so frail. Right. And that's the 
that's the thing that I like about them is you look at it and you're like, but how? And mm-hmm. I love stuff like that. What about table legs? Yeah, I'll probably, like, eventually I'll be doing all kinds of stuff with it. But I want to get into, like, turning bowls and, and all of it. Mm-hmm. Like, lathes are so cool because you can make so many things that if you're not familiar with a lathe, you would look at it and go, how, how does this get made? But once you see a lathe in work, you're like, oh, okay, got it. Yep. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. How about one more round? Okay, so, so far, to recap, Rick has chosen the circular saw, the router, and the planer. I have chosen a jigsaw, a dual sliding compound miter saw, and a lathe. Final round. Rick is on the board. Well, Mike, all of my selections create a lot of sawdust. I don't want to sweep that shit up. I'm going to get 10-gallon shop vac. A lot of tools, you can actually hook the shop vac hose right up to it and just cut out the middleman. Yep, that is, yep, never have, there is no mess. It goes Right well, there's still some, but it certainly minimizes it. Yes. Yep. For a while there, I was sweeping up big piles of sawdust, and I'm, like, looking around, and it's like, I can't even see the door to the kitchen from here, you know? And, and the- on that note, again, safety first, uh, wood particles are no joke. Uh, getting a good filtration mask is worthwhile. Right now, you probably have a ton of extra KN95s kicking around or some kind of mask, if you have nothing else and you're doing woodworking, throw one of those on. If you're like if if you're making more than a couple of cuts and you know you're going to be creating sawdust, protect yourself. I would because say you only need to make that mistake once or twice of going out and doing a lot of woodworking without it, and then for three four days you just, you don't feel right. Your lungs are like, oh man, what don't, happened? Don't you feel like you have a cold or something? It's awful. It is awful. Yeah. You're breathing in wood particles. Yeah. Okay. Mike Page is on the board. I like that you picked a shop vac. Like, it seems like a wasted pick because I'm thinking, like, the actual tools. But mm. that was a good... Yeah, it slipped down to number four and I grabbed it. Yeah. You can't have it. You can borrow it, though. Anytime you... That's a great thing about tools, Mike. Yeah. I don't want to buy that. That's 400 bucks. But I know Larry down the road has one of those. Yeah, you got to be careful lending what? stuff to Larry. Larry though. never returns shit. He still has my lawnmower. Yeah, you really have to be careful lending stuff to neighbors. He can because even if you get it back, you might get it back and go, what is this? <laughs> Three wheels? Yeah. Oh, oh, look, four my when saw I blade is missing a tooth. I don't even know how you did that, but thanks for nothing. Yeah. Yep. You know, Larry, you can keep the lawnmower because I use Mario's lawn care to take care of that lawn. Okay, Mike, your last pick. What are you going to take? Um, I think I'm going to go with a good quality bandsaw. I knew you were going to say that. That was going to be my pick. And then I thought, no, I got I got enough saws. I'm, I'm saw heavy. My, my team has got a lot of saws. I got the saw power. I need to clean this up. Yeah. So that's where I went. But, yes, if I had another saw... Bandsaw, definitely. Bandsaws are great. Tell and people like why. Wh- tell people why the bandsaw is so good. Okay, so it's basically picture a giant rubber band blade, and it's coming in a downward motion. So the nice thing with a bandsaw is it's always pulling the wood down, which is great for a beginner. Again, you just need to be mindful of where your fingers and your thumbs are, and be thinking of if I sneeze right now and I move forward quickly, what's going to happen? Yeah. You know, you always need to be thinking of. If something were to go wrong, where are my hands? What is my safety level? Am I going to be like, oh, God, quick, I need to get to the hospital. Where's a neighbor? (laughs) Um, 
But so the bandsaw is great because you can you can turn the wood as it goes through. You can you can um, angle things. You can get nice rounded cuts. Mm-hmm. And then if you're doing stuff like I do, where you then want to carve it, um, like the the comfort bird that's sitting here, that got cut on a bandsaw first. Um, my bandsaw, I don't love it, which is why I want a bandsaw on this draft because I'm gonna need a better bandsaw than the one I have. I think the highlight of this is six saws were chosen. I got the router in the shop. Oh, the shop vac, the router, the planer. You were heavy on the I saws. I was heavy on saws. Did yeah. you go four saws? Well, the lathe oh, was one, yeah. but I took three saws and a lathe. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Good. Cool. Hey, let's do some ads. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about Mike Page Studios. Like, what are you building? Like, like who's buying this stuff? Where do you want to take this business? Yeah, right. right. You know? You're an artist. Mm. You're creating artwork like this comfort bird in my hand. And now you're making comfort whales. You tend to be taking multiple pieces of wood and piecing them together, mm-hmm. which I enjoy. But uh, when I when it's up to me what I want to do, I like taking wood, cutting it down to something else, and then turning it into something else. So whether that's an ornament or earrings or a comfort bird, I like to carve wood and I like to turn it into something else. Interesting. Let's talk more about your process and where you come up with your ideas after this break. Okay. One of the many things that I love about Park Street Books is that they have something for everyone. If you go to their website, they explain it pretty well because the categories that you can click on, are you ready? For readers, for creators, For puzzlers, for learners, for crafters, for the love of play. Which one does your kid fall into? Park Street Books has something for everybody. It is an amazing store, and you're going to feel good when you shop there. If you don't live in Medfield, no problem. You're going to check out parkstreetbooks.com, and you're going to be like, I love these people. To stop by Park Street Books in person, you're going to go to Main Street, not Park Street, in Medfield, Massachusetts. And if you just want to check them out online, that's really easy. It's parkstreetbooks.com. APC Pest and Termite Control. What can I say about these guys? I look at reviews online. I was going to read a couple to you. But they're all so long. Like Dave H. Come on, buddy. Keep it under 500 words. I'll just hit you with the highlights. I've been using APC for a few years now, and I've always been very pleased with their service. Even though I moved further away this past year, they made sure to keep my service uninterrupted, even if it meant they'd have to drive a little further. Let's just stop right there, because that just says it all. These guys go that extra step. They go a little further. And I'm not just saying that because they're paying us to say nice things. Ah, the Fink family right here. We use them. We have mice in the house. Aha, nay, we had mice in our house. We used to have ticks in the backyard. We used to have mosquitoes, but no, not anymore. They spray. So check them out online at apcpest.com. You know what I liked best about our mock draft that we just did to choose power tools? Tool draft 22? Yeah. We both ignored the workhouse of any good wood shop, which is the table saw. But I was trying to keep things in mind of like, what, what can someone who doesn't necessarily know what they're doing, get into without losing fingers right away. Right, right. Yeah, that's the that's the fun of it. You go at your own pace, right? Like if I'm going to build a doghouse, there's guys that could frame that thing, get the siding on it, roof it within three hours. Yep. 
get ready for for prime and paint. And then there's guys stain. that can't do it in three hours, but they're going to try to. It's going to take them three days. They might lose a finger. Uh, they're going to take multiple trips to the store to get more stuff because they didn't plan it out. Mm-hmm. So, again, know where you're at. Yep. If you're not the three-hour guy, that's fine. Yeah. Take your time. Do it right. Yep. Take your time. Do it right. Learn from your mistakes. Always think before you engage in the next step. It's kind of like playing chess, to be honest with you. Like, if I do this, mm. and then I do that, the cause, the effect, where are we going? Like, is there an easier way? There's so many... It's it's solving a puzzle, really. It's yeah. fun. But anyway, enough about that. Anyone new to the show? Any new scuttlebuds out there? Mike Page, my buddy here, used to work with kids. In fact, he was my son's early childhood education teacher. That's how we met, like five years ago. He works with wood. He does primarily wood burning. He carves. How? What else do you do? You um, I do signs. I do signs. ornaments. I do earrings. Yep, earrings. Some jewelry. Mm-hmm. And it's very niche stuff. Like, this is not mass-produced. They're one of a kind. He takes commissions. You specialize in dogs. You want a good dog ornament. You buy-cut birch. When I first started out, I was I was buying the wood because mm-hmm. I was like, I need to make sure that I'm getting wood that's already kiln-dried, and I don't need to worry about that, and it's not going to split and all that. I stopped doing that because it's, it's stupid to be spending that extra money on it. Mm-hmm. When if you play your cards right and or wait, you can get the wood for free. Yeah, just cut down um, a neighbor's tree. Well, the the birch that I have right now, you you saw how much of it's sitting in my garage right now, and it's because the Dover DPW was cutting it down on my way to work one morning. Really? And you just picked it up? And I, I stopped. I got out of the car. I went over. He's by the chipper, and I startled Whoa. him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's always a good place to startle somebody <laughs> when his buddy's holding a chainsaw and he's next to a chipper. Yeah. Uh, but I said, are you just throwing this birch into the chipper and he goes not if you want it and i said i'll take as much of it as as i can and he was like okay so it was already cut into pieces that loosely fit into my mazda 3 mm-hmm. um and then the next day i went back there was a whole bunch of it mo- more of it already cut to lengths that would fit in my car and they had chipped everything else and they left a whole bunch of the birch for me which was awesome yeah uh but so then i cut it down on the uh miter saw to the length that I, the width that I want. Mm-hmm. Um, and then those go into the oven with a little pan of water at the bottom. You do this in your oven, in the kitchen? Yeah. How does your new bride feel about this? What did I marry? She's fine with it. You know why? Because the house smells great. I bet. I was just going to say, I bet it does. The house smells great. Nice. Um, the when, first when time I did it, she was kind of like, what are we doing? <laughs> uh, but no, she's, she's amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know that. Yep. But she's, she's very accepting of my... Weird. Now, things. when you want to kiln dry your own wood with your uh, oven range in your kitchen, like a weird person. The key is a low temperature. I was going to say what temperature. I'm guessing two, 200 for 12 hours. No, you want to do like 100, 125, something like that. Oh, wow. The important thing is to have a like a cookie sheet at the bottom with a little bit of water in it. Mm-hmm. And that's going to, now that's counterintuitive. I'm trying to dry the wood out. Yeah. But if you don't have that pan of water, you're taking too much moisture out too quickly. And what you want to do is add the heat. And the, the moisture is coming out of the wood, but you still need humidity around it. And I don't quite understand the science of it, but it works. I get you. I get you. Cool. Well, let's back up. I want to go to the genesis of this whole 
project, right? You've got Mike Page Studios. Where were you? How old were you when you first picked up a piece of wood and said, I'm going to do something with this thing? Um, I was six. I was in first grade. So anybody that knows me has already heard me talk about Jim Sebring, what a huge influence he was on me. Mm-hmm. He was the guy that went to my church that looked like Santa, smoked a pipe, carved things out of wood, yep. and was a mailman and like, he was Santa to me. Every time I saw him, I was like, that guy's amazing. Great description. I feel like we all know the guy. Yeah, he was like a Norman Rockwell painting of Santa. Sure. He carved wood, and I saw some of the stuff that he carved, and I was so intrigued by it. And somehow he convinced my dad that six years old is plenty old. Let's get him into the woodworking club that meets at the church every Monday night. And so I, I started carving with them. Some of them were probably in their 40s, but a lot of them were 70, like certainly 60, mm-hmm. 70, 80. And I, here I am, a six-year-old, and I'm like, this is neat. There's a connection. Like, you're looking up to these people, and they're just like, oh, look at this little kid. He's- and what was great is they were all working on their project, right? Like, you got Bill over here who's carving a trout. I don't know what he's going to do with it. He's going to hang it up in his room or what, his living room, mm-hmm. I, whatever. Someone else is carving an old-world Santa, and, someone, and everybody's on their own project. But what I loved is you could walk around the room and see what everybody was doing, Mm -hmm. but you could ask them for pointers or they would look at what I was doing and they'd be like, now what you want to do here? So I just loved getting like, hey, here's all these people that know how to do this. And they're, uh, it's such an awesome community where like they're all, they all, you're trying to bring other people up. My first project, well, first he gave me, he told me to take a bar of ivory soap and a kitchen knife, like not even like a sharp one, like a, a butter knife. Sure. And he said, you're going to take a bar of ivory soap and you're going to carve a whale. So that was my first project. Okay. It wasn't great. And then you're dealing with soap. So if you apply too much pressure, the whole thing splits. and it's Yeah. But so that was the first project. Then I was given a fish rough out Mm -hmm. and I had to carve it. What what kind of wood was it? It was uh, basswood. And that's a, a softwood, I would presume? Yeah. And it's actually great for wood burning. It's one of the species of wood that I use a lot for wood burning. But yeah, so that's how I got started. And then my family had a ton of Jim Sebring's ornaments on our tree when I was growing up. And it was always like the goal was eventually to get to a tree that was all his ornaments. Wait a minute. The guy looks like Santa Claus. Yes. And he makes Christmas tree ornaments. Yes. He must have crushed it every... Now welcome to the wonder of my childhood. I mean, this guy was like the most magical person. And, you you know, as you left church on a Sunday morning, he'd be out on the stoop smoking a pipe with like the smoke swirling around his head. (laughs) And he had that great like boyish laugh Uh that you want Santa to have. No, he just had this magic aura to him and it's... It's un- it's crazy. There aren't very many people like that. Well, you know what's funny? I feel like you guys are kindred spirits because the people say the same thing about you, Mike. You know? No, they but, don't. Yes. People love Mike Page. Scuttlebuds, Mike taught a bunch of kids in a school, and everyone loves him. You've been doing it for what? I started in 2007. Okay. So there's college kids now. Think of all those families. You went through a whole generation, right? And they all have met Mike Page. They know Mike Page. I've never heard anyone say shit about Mike Page. It's always great stuff. I love Mike Page. Just doubling back. Yeah. So the, the Jim Sebring is ultimately the reason why I eventually ended up doing ornaments. So after like college and all that, I was, you know, I would do portraits, but I wanted to keep making stuff as side hustle and just keep making things because I like making stuff. And I was like, Jim Sebring, like go back to where I started. Jim Sebring made Christmas ornaments. And the thing that I love about that is 
when I was doing portraits, like, okay, this is hanging up in your living room or wherever it's hanging. Mm-hmm. Great. But eventually it becomes white noise on the wall that yep. you're not paying attention to. A Christmas ornament, it comes out for a month, maybe a month and a half out of the year. And when you take it out, there's like it brings back memories and there's a story behind it. And you have to tell... You know, someone else sees it and they're like, "Oh, what? You know, where'd you get that ornament?" And there's there's a story there. Mm-hmm. That's what I wanted. Yeah, I was like, I, I I don't want it hanging up year round necessarily. I just want I want to be somebody else's Jim Sebring, where there's that cool, like, look at this. This is made by somebody that I know, and it's on my tree. And so I don't know so, how you are, but when I travel, I like to like once I started making Christmas ornaments. I started when I'm traveling. I didn't used to collect Christmas ornaments, but mm-hmm. now that I like making them now i like finding really unique ornaments and like when i was in the azores last year i couldn't find christmas ornaments but i found a couple small wooden carvings from the azores that i was like piece of cake i'm gonna take a really fine uh drill and drill in there and i'm gonna put a little uh loop on it and now it's a christmas now it's an ornament yeah i'll say this the fink family when we go on vacation it's not a magnet because our fridge isn't Magnetic, yeah, or it doesn't stainless steel. Yep, stainless steel. Uh, we've been getting Christmas ornaments. Yeah, you know, and we might have two or three of them that are like the glass ball with the paint on it, with the sand inside. If we go to a beachy place, yeah, yeah. So we're looking for originally unique things, and they're all different. Yeah, and in Salem, they're like impossible to find. There's a there's a couple shops that have like a few ornaments, and that's it. And the history of Salem, that is definitely a destination place. I mean, it's so close to Boston that people are like, okay, you know, we're from Europe. We came to Boston. Let's, let's you know, sp- spread out and check out some other places. Salem would totally be on that list. Yeah, a place it's, to a, go. it's a fun town. Your artwork is going to be all over the place. I hope so. That's the goal. I think everything is happening at the right time. You moved to Salem. You married a good woman that lets you kill and dry wood in the oven in the kitchen. I married the best woman, yeah. Yep. And then uh And not for they, nothing, you've seen the garage. Allie likes to park her car in the garage. You mean your workshop? Yeah. Allie is a saint because the amount of wood that I have crammed in <laughs> and but it's like she she's understanding of the fact that for me to make this stuff, I need to have the stock. Yep. to do it, mm-hmm. but it's like, I, I trust me, I know I'm very lucky. Yeah, the, work, <laughs> the work day starts when her car rolls out. It's like changeover crew comes in. It's now a workshop. Let's get yep. to work. Yeah, roll it all out and get to work. Cool. Well, I wish you luck in this endeavor. I, this whole time I've been holding on to this comfort bird. Let's just end with this thing just as an example of what you make. What's a comfort bird, Rick? I'll tell you, it's a three-inch by one-and-a-half-inch piece of wood that has been carved to look like a bird, you know, just a sitting bird, and it fits in the palm of the hand, and it is super smooth, and it has soft, round edges. It's soothing. It's, you it just touch for, it. It's for calming you. And let me tell you what I, I like to touch its back. Oh, it's the lower tail. This sounds weird. I like to pinch its beak. Like that's <laughs> something I like to do. <laughs> it's like petting a dog. It is the same satisfaction. It's just like it feels good. Now tell me, what is this wood, and what did you coat it with? Uh, that one is a piece of babinga, I believe. Binga? I've never heard of binga. It's a nice dark, ba- rich babinga. color. Um, so what I did, that was cut out. I think that one's probably cut out on the scroll saw, not the bandsaw. I think that's when I first switched over to doing it on the scroll saw. Then it gets carved down. Then it gets sanded down. Then it gets sanded down some more. Then when I think it's sanded enough, that's when you switch 
to the 4F pumice powder, which is mixed with an oil. Uh, and then you just rub the pumice powder in oil into the bird for like an hour until the whole thing starts getting really, really smooth. Yep. And then you coat it with wax paste. Wow. Yeah. I think it's awesome. And now you're Good. making whales. Yeah, I started making whales. That's going to be and awesome. Gonna, yeah. There's going to be a bunch of little whale ornaments. And uh, there's a, a couple that are slightly larger, like the, you know, the Nantucket type of whale sign. Yep, yep. That's awesome. Um, but, yeah, I'm kind of branching out all over the place. Mike, where do we find you? I think the easiest way to find me would be to go to my Instagram, at Mike Page Studios. Page has an I in it. All right, Mike. Well, you usually end the show with a, what did we learn today? Uh, I'll do that because you were the guest. What did we learn today? We learned that you want to get some woodworking going in your house. You're going to need some good saws uh, for the most part, right? Beyond your your hammer and your nails and your screwdrivers, you're going to need a square, a tape measure, a workbench or some sawhorses, right? And make, make yourself a flat surface to work on. Uh, beyond that, Mike and I did our uh, tool draft 2022, and uh, that involved a lot of power saws, a lot of power tools. I learned more about my buddy's passion, and I hope that it was inspiring to you, Scuttlebuds. Maybe maybe woodworking's not your thing. Maybe you're not an artistic person, but if you heard the passion and the excitement, Mike stuck with this since he was six years old. You know, I'd like to support him. I've, I've, I've purchased his ornaments. I've purchased a sign from him. I have this comfort bird. Everything's great. I got stuff that nobody else in the world has because everything's one of a kind. So support your local artists. Support the show, right? Support Mike Page Studios. Anyway, that's going to do it for us, right? You want to say anything? You want to say goodbye? I was just going to say thanks. Yeah. It was, it's weird being like... I mean, that it kind of did turn into, like, an interview. You're thinking me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. But I'm will. saying, like, you know, thanks. Was it wasn't cool. an infomercial, though. This was, like, legit, like, let's learn about someone's passions yeah. and what they do. All right, for Mike Page, I'm Rick Fink. This is Small Town Scuttlebutt. We will see you next week. We here at Small Town Scuttlebutt love that you listen to us every week. If you like what you hear, go support the businesses that help support us like APC Pest Control, Larkin's Liquors, Mario's Lawn Care, Perez Martial Arts, Medfield Village Cleaners, Royal Pizza, Park Street Books, Smear Campaign, and Mike Page Studios.